Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings. It's Hugh Ballou again on the Nonprofit Exchange. And as usual, we have um, quite an amazing guest today. Uh, this guest and I have met passively over the last 10 years here and there, just touching base. And recently, a mutual friend connected us, and there was some real synergy. And I got to hear Barry's story again. We all have stories. Very few of us are as good at telling the story as Barry. And, and so, Barry, today, instead of my normal routine of giving us a bio and telling us why you do what we're doing, I, I think we're going to build this conversation around your story and what you've created. And I'll, I'll tease people. It's called Delighted, but we won't tell them about it yet. But introduce yourself, Barry Shore. You're in California. So you take it from there. Tell them about yourself and then let's hear your story. Well, first of all, thank you, Hugh Ballou, for uh, being here, being who you are, and being a conduit for good and channeling. And here is my greeting to everybody out there listening. Hello, beautiful, bountiful beings and good-looking people. And how can I make the statement that they're good-looking, Hugh? Because I know that the people who are listening and watching are always looking for the good. Outstanding. Outstanding. So here's a story about Barry Shore, this young, dynamic, debonair, 69-year-old chronological being. On the 17th of September, in the year 2004, mere 14 years ago, I was standing up in the morning, just like everybody, I hope, watching this Facebook Live, and listening to our story. That was in the morning. In the evening, I was in the hospital, paralyzed from my neck down. I became a quadriplegic overnight, in a matter of hours, from a rare disease, not an auto accident, a rare disease called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for the cognoscenti. So I went from being a healthy, happy, holy, hearty, dynamic 55-year-old who'd been extremely successful in business, married 27 years to a wonderful wife, had a, at the time, 17-year-old son traveling around the world, came back to California for holidays, and now I'm paralyzed from my neck down. Here's a great story, part of it. Uh, just happened to the other day, I, I ran into my, not physically ran into, but uh, saw my doctor who's been treating me for a number of years, and he likes to recall every time we see each other, he says, sure, I remember when the first day that you called me from the hospital, and you said, my name is Barry Shore, I'm coming in to see you, and all I can move is my mouth. <laughs> Imagine that. In the morning, you're up and you're doing, and in the evening, all you can move is your mouth. And I'll give you the back of the baseball card statistics for a moment, Hugh, because 
It's, uh, that's how we live in our world, just to give people an idea of some things. I'm in the hospital for over four and a half months in various kinds of rehabilitation centers. I was in a hospital bed in my own home for two years, couldn't turn over by myself. I was in a wheelchair for four years. I had braces on both legs from my hips down to my ankles. Hmm. And today, thank God, I am able to be vertical and ambulatory with the help of a six and a half foot walking wand that was made for me by a Zen master. But I still have help 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and I can't walk up a stair by myself or a curb. But hear my voice. Feel the passion of life that flows through me because the good Lord has been so kind and giving to me that he activated in me something that enabled me to become a real giver. Here's an example, Hugh. Uh, Before all this happened, I had built two internet companies, one of which I sold for many millions of dollars, was doing very well. And of course, I'm a giver. I'm generous. I wrote checks. But it was all part of what you do, right? Mm -hmm. You help people. You write a check. That's it. You think you're you're a giver. That's how a, a giver is. A giver puts the other beings first. What can I do to be a benefit? It wasn't part of my very soul. That was the genius and the benefit, what others call adversity. This test and a testament to the good Lord in being able to show me a path that I was able to go from complete, total paralysis to literally being able to now get out of bed, albeit with difficulty, and stand up, albeit with help, and to be positive about that, and to be thankful, and to turn that energy into a channel of goodness. So that's the beginning of the story. What I'd like to do as we speak is to tell a few incidents along the way that helped me gain this insight. Sure, sure. And as you go along, uh, some people are listening to this that have problems that pale in comparison, like me. And I'm listening to it, uh, trying to understand and learn about myself. What what are the motivational factors? What what inspired you to not give up to this 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 disease that had had a lock on your very body? So this is fascinating. Please continue. Thank you, Hugh. And I truly hope that this is beneficial to people listening and that we all recognize these great words, never give up. And I'm living it. And I'm only here as a channel to be of benefit that others can say, hey, if you could do it, I can do it. Let me give you two small incidents, which I think may be of help. So the first one occurred after I had been moved out of the IC unit where I had been for about 11 days. They put me in what's called a telemetry unit. A telemetry unit is where nurses can watch you from uh, monitors and such. And I had this uh, great room. I was a single occupant in a great hospital. Of course, (laughs) not moving anything on my body. I'm just there. Uh, 
they had had to set up something special on my bed just above my head so because I couldn't hit a call button. So here I am in bed and just been moved to the telemetry unit and the nurse came in about midnight or so and I'm not able to sleep because obviously you're not moving a lot and they have to inject drugs in you to get you to sleep at night in a hospital. But the nurse was very nice and said, Mr. Shaw, would you like to watch a movie? Maybe that will help you and put you to sleep or something. Okay. So I uh, assented and I chose a biography of Abraham Lincoln, little bio. And of course, we all know how that turns out. Not so good. And towards the end, I had tears in my eyes. So now imagine I'm laying in bed. You have tears in your eyes. So everybody knows what a tear. Tears are salty. And they hurt. So what do you do? You wipe them away, right? Well, I can't move my hands. I can't move my arms. I mean, I'm new to this stuff. Nothing on my body is moving. I couldn't move my head left to right enough to move the tears out. And the button that had been put up behind my head was, had been moved somehow. I couldn't reach the nurse. So, of course, I can't just sit there, lay there, because it hurts. So I resolved, okay, I'm going to call out. And I did. Help. Help. Please. My voice had been compromised also. I could barely speak. So I resolved I'm going to count to 10 and then call out again if the nurse doesn't show up. Well, I got to four and the pain was too much. So I called out again. I mustered all of my strength. Help. Nurse, please. By the time I counted to four, the nurse was at the door. She said, Mr. Shore, did you call? Yes, my eyes. She came over. She saw there was tears in my eyes. So she daubed them and cleaned them and fixed the button behind my head and looks at me in a little bit of a voice and said, is that all? Yes, thank you. I recognize then no one really knows the pain of another. She didn't know how much it hurt. I couldn't express myself. But thankfully, she came in and cleaned it up. About a week later, I'm being wheeled on a gurney from a test that they had run on me. People pick me up, put me on the gurney, run the test, bring me back. And there was a, na- a male nurse taking care of me, and I had interacted with him three or four times over the past few days. Very pleasant fellow. And he looked down at me and whispers and asked me, Mr. Shore, can I ask you a question, a personal question? And I said, yes. Looks at me and says, I'm a male, I'm a nurse. I see people in your condition frequently. I've never met anybody who's not angry and bitter. You're paralyzed. How come you're not angry and bitter? And I realized he was asking me, Hugh, the great existential question. Why me? Why, dear Lord, did you do this to me? But I wasn't thinking like that. I was asking the question, why me, in the sense of, who am I? I'm just a guy. What do you want from me, dear Lord? What can I do? And at that moment, Hugh, I reached deep inside of me. 
And I asked the good Lord, please help heal me and please show me my purpose. And a wave of serenity and calm came over me that I had not known in 55 years. And I was now determined that with the good Lord's help, I was going to walk again. That was a major turning point in my life. So, nothing gets very sure now. I, um, and, and that was how many years ago? That was uh, not in 2004, almost 14 years ago now. So, you had a very successful career before that. Correct. And you, you sold that enterprise, you said? Yes. And then this condition, this... Um, uh, I forgot how you say it, Jambre? Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's actually two French doctors, Guillain or Gillian, which is the French for William, and the other doctor's name was Barre, like Barry. And I have known people in the past that have had that and have come through it, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's quite a traumatic experience. Now, today, you're in a different place than you were with your business but you focused on doing good for others. Is that right? That's correct. Now, you've started, um, I looked at a website called Delighted. It's D, spell it for us. It is spelled D as in David, L as in love, Y as in yesterday, T as in terrific, E as enthusiastic, D as in dynamic, D-L-Y-T-E-D. Com. I am delighted to be here. I can see that. And so what's delighted about, and what was the passion, inspiration behind you um, setting up? And delighted is more than one thing. It's more than a website. It's more than one program, isn't it? Yes, thank you, Hugh. Delighted is an engine of philanthropy. And... Let me digress for just a moment because it gives the background as you want to hear, and I think it's very important. I was deeply affected by something that I learned from a great man called the four P's. Those four P's are purpose, prayer, perseverance, and patience. Those four P's have been active in my life, and I was able through them to begin this process of healing, both in a spiritual and physical sense, and bring out through purpose and prayer, and great perseverance, which I'll demonstrate in just a moment, and patience, this platform which has a mission and a goal. And let me tell you how it came about. It has to do with my wonderful wife, because I would not be sitting here as strong and capable and handsome <laughs> as I am, speaking with you, if it was not for my amazing, dedicated, fabulous wife, Naomi. It's hard for me to speak without choking up, but I'm going to try and do it. I'll just tell you a brief story, because it deserves longer, but time is always of the essence. 
released from the hospital after about four and a half months. And they wouldn't keep me there any longer because insurance wouldn't pay. And we had already racked up bills of over half a million dollars. <clears throat> Brought home. I was in a special hospital bed. When you're in the hospital, by the way, one of the more important things to be aware of and afraid of is bed sores. They are very debilitating. So we had to get a special bed, which the insurance company actually didn't want to do, but they were forced to because of circumstances. And it's a special air mattress, and it allows the body to conform and not have the issue of bed sores. So we were able to bring this bed home to, my, to our home. And while in the hospital, every night you have to turn people over who are paralyzed because if you keep people in the same position, it deteriorates for the, the body. So they have a team that goes around the hospital every two and a half, three hours, two people with back braces, usually strong people. And together they turn the person onto the side one side and the other to try and give some sort of normality to your process in the hospital. And this happened throughout the months that I was in the hospital. So now we come home and uh, thank God, as I said, we had sufficient funds. We were able to have um, help in the home 24 hours a day, seven days a week, except for one thing. My wonderful wife did not want people staying overnight in her home that she doesn't know. <laughs> she's very protective. So we had help until 10 p.m., and then help would come again at 7 in the a.m. But during the evening, she was going to take care of me, and she was in charge. Her home, her rules. Great. One small situation, though. My wife is all of 97 pounds, five foot one, very beautiful. And remember, I just told you, in the hospital, you have to be turned over every two and a half, three hours. Well, here I am, almost six foot, and because of my uh, situation, I had reduced <coughs> from 195 pounds, Hugh, down to 137, mm. but still 137 pounds, <coughs> and she's all a 5'1", and 97, 98 pounds. She said that she's going to turn me over. Mm. And she did. Oh, my. Every two and a half hours throughout the evening, two, three times a night, night in and night out, week in and week out, month in, month out, for two years, this amazing woman turned me. That's love. Hmm. Hmm. So I say this as preface to the following incident. As I mentioned also, I was in wheelchair for four years. And thank God we could afford it. I had a motorized wheelchair and a very fancy, lightweight, Olympic-style wheelchair. Together, they cost almost $10,000. Now, the lightweight wheelchair we needed because we went, in addition to having private therapy, I also went to public, uh, not public, but group therapy in the hospital. Because you're in this kind of situation, it's important to be with other people who have situations and challenges, just to be in camaraderie. So at these uh, situations in the hospital, 
in group sessions, I noticed not everybody could afford the kind of wheelchairs that I had. So one day I came home, they put me back in bed, I'm still a quad, and I said to my wife, honey, could you please find a place that helps people get wheelchairs and let's send them a check for $1,000 and help out? She said, okay, we'll do it, great. So she left the room. I'm feeling great. Remember, I'm just a quad laying in bed, but I'm feeling good, right? I just gave $1,000 to help people get wheelchairs. And about five minutes later, Hugh, I called out, this is dumb. This is dumb. No, I didn't raise my hands. I just called it out. My wife comes running in there and said, what's the matter? I said, this is dumb. Just because I was moved and we can afford to write a check. Why isn't it that there are thousands or tens of thousands and millions of people not giving money, even if it's a quarter or a dollar every single day to help out other people. Why not? So my wife said, hey, Mr. Shore, you're smart. You've built stuff on the internet. Make it happen. And she walked out of the room. Hmm. So I'm laying there. I said, okay, dear Lord, why not? Please help me. Now I had a few parameters. One of the parameters is, it has to be easy. If it's not easy, Hugh, people don't do it. Right, Russell? That's yep. number one. Welcome, Russell Dennis. Number two is it has to be fast and almost fun. Imagine that. We put the fun back in fundraising. And number three, you're going to love this one. It has to be free. Now, wait a minute. What does that mean? So I mentioned to you I already built two Internet companies one of which I sold for many millions of dollars. And both of those companies were based on the free model. One was faxing for free, another was speaking for free, but it was built on the ability to do something for free. Now, wait a minute, how do you give money for free? Russell's scratching his bald head and says, I don't understand that. I think I believe you, Barry Shore. You're a friend of Hughes, but what do you mean you give money for free? So those were the parameters. I asked the good Lord, help me. And I... Tried to go to sleep. Well, the next day, I was doing a lot of exercise. Again, we have people coming to the house. Remember, I'm still a quad. I have people moving my body around, trying to get it to do certain things. Move your arm up and move your leg and do stuff like that. To this very day, I can't wiggle my toes. I can't uh, move my feet up and down. But that's fine. I'm, I'm able to, to get around. And after very exhausting uh, therapy sessions, they put me back into bed. I'm laying there, closing my eyes, and then my eyes pop open, and I see a vision. You ready for this, Russell? I see a vision. I see three circles intersecting, like the circles in the, you know, from the Olympics or a Venn diagram. And not only that, but each circle was labeled. Let's <laughs> show you how the good Lord works. And it was a simple, elegant answer to the questions. Because if it's not simple and elegant, you, it doesn't work, right? If it's too hard, it just doesn't happen. The best problems, as Einstein said, are simple. Not simplistic, but simple to solve. The first circle was labeled mobile or cell. And get to remember back about 10 years, it was the first year of these things called smartphones. Remember the iPhone? Yep. But think back 10 years, just coming out. Well, hey, 
I'm in the internet, I'm in the world, I realize this is not uh, a trend or a fad. This is a complete disruption in human communications. I mean, look what we're doing now, 10 years later. This stuff didn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a change in the world. The next circle was labeled gift cards. Now, gift cards, you can't walk into a store and not be assaulted by racks of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, those are plastic. What does that have to do with it? Ah, but look how the good Lord works. There was a line moving from the second circle to the first circle and an arrow, and it was labeled digital, electronic. I got it, Russell. You hit a button on the iPhone or the smartphone, and you say, give me, I don't know, $50 of Starbucks, and it gets sent in seconds. Wow. Now, the third circle was the most important, though. And this is what is critical to all of us, Hugh and Russell, and all you tens and hundreds of thousands of people listening. And the third circle was labeled cause. Hmm. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. We know, as adults, that sometimes what isn't said is almost as important as what is said. Correct? Didn't say charity. Now, this is a pet peeve of mine, very sure, but bear with me. It wasn't labeled charity because to me, a charity is the following. Somebody has their hand out and you put a dollar in that hand and the next thing you does is goes into your pocket to get more. That's a charity. A cause is something I want to help. It's attractive. What can I do? And I thought about these amazing beings called millennials and younger, and the generation coming right after them. Some of the most caring, giving people ever. At least they say so, right? Mm -hmm. We want clean water. We don't want pets to die. We want to make sure there's shelters for bad women. We want to feed people all over the world. We want to do all these things. But we, as a little bit older, and some of us have gray hair, and some of us even have hair, we recognize it all costs money but watch this to put these three circles together you mean i can hit a button on my phone and order a brand that i'm going to shop at and love anyway whether it's amazon the gap it's um i don't know tgif it's going to the movies ordering pizza hundreds and hundreds of places i hit a button i'm going to pay what i'm going to pay let's say fifty dollars or a hundred dollars i get the exact amount sent to me within seconds and because I did that, and I and Barry Shaw arranged it with the brand, some portion of that goes to the cause of my choice. Mm. You hear this? Mm. I'm going to go drink coffee. I'm going to go out to eat. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to go shopping. And just because I do that, some portion gets over here. So look what happened. Just like the good Lord I asked. It has to be fast. has to be easy. should be fun. And it doesn't cost the giver a penny. So out of this came the two most important sentences now I'm going to say. A mission and a goal. Now, Hugh, you mentioned to me that you work with a lot of groups that are mission-oriented, correct? Correct. It's a mission to go out and spread the word of the Lord. It's a mission to go out and help people with food. It's a mission to educate. We're on mission. We need a mission statement. Our mission is four words. 
making everyday giving effortless. Mm. You like that, Russell? Thank you. Making everyday giving effortless. That's the mission. Now, what's the goal? The big, hairy, audacious goal is the facilitating of giving $1 billion without costing any giver a penny. That's quite amazing, Barry. That's, that's the, um, the overarching framework for Delighted. And is Delighted up and operational? Thank you for asking. Delighted attracted great people in the internet world and investors because we're here to transform philanthropy. And over the past three and a half years, we have built the platform that enables everything I told you to happen. And I'm happy to tell you, Hugh, yes, we function every day and we help organizations all the time. And it's, we do all the heavy lifting. We build a landing page for a cause, whether it's a church, a youth group, American Cancer Society. And now they'll have their own page where when people come to that page and check in and register, and whenever they do their shopping now through Delighted, the money automatically goes to that cause. It's not going to 30 different causes. It's not being distributed other places. It goes to that cause. So we are, we're concerned about how people can make sure they have an attachment to and stay with their cause, their church, their group, their organization. And it becomes fun. So yes, we're operational. We raise money. We have some great stories. People love it. Once they get into it and they hear about it, because think about this, Hugh. Here's the biggest problem we face. You ready? Too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? Well, Barry, tell, speaking of that issue, let's, let's address that right away. Um, there's, there's money that goes to the charity from the purchase. Where does that money come from? Very good. So let's just take, I'll give you the simple economics. Uh, an example, let's say Gap. Everybody knows Gap. Millions of people shop there. Yep. So we've negotiated with Gap some, what we call on the highfalutin language, arbitrage which is a difference between the buy and sell price. So just imagine when you walk into that store and you see those racks of gift cards, yeah. well, the store makes a, some money, a percentage out of selling those, right? When you go over to, somebody goes over and buys one of those gift cards, the Safeway or the Kroger or the store makes a percentage. Well, that percentage now, instead of going to the store, is going to be going to the cause, so as an example, let's say $100 Gap gift card, we were able to get it at $90. $5 goes to the cause. It costs us $3.5 or 3.5% to process with credit card. And then we get $1.50 to be able to keep the business going. So every brand has its own particular amount that they we're able to, to uh, share with the cause. But instead of going to the store that sells it, it now goes to you. And here's where it gets really exciting, Hugh. I call this the four C's. The four C's are the following. Conscious consumers. Again, whether you're talking about a 17-year-old who is fired up to change the world or an 87-year-old who understands that it does cost money to do things. These are conscious consumers, people who want 
to use their money and their time well. I care about what I eat, and I care about who I shop with and who I buy from, right? Those are right. conscious consumers. Yes. The next C is called conscious capitalists. Hmm. I am proud to say that more and more people who run businesses are becoming aware that capitalism is not a dirty word. It is the word that is going to enable all of us to raise up this great world if, if we recognize that living together and not squeezing profit is the best way to live. And you can turn your profit and become prophetic. You can be coming from an F into a PH. If your business wants to stay around and really grow, bring in those conscious consumers who want to work with conscious capitalists and are willing to share the bounty. And the third thing is what I call conscious causes. There are some causes out there who call themselves charities who are there just to raise money. That's what they want to do. They don't want to go out of business. American Cancer Society would like to be out of business in the next few years. Why? Because we found a cure for cancer. That's a conscious cause. We're not looking to raise $100 million so we can have people to top and give, you know, and pay fat salaries. We want to have money so we can maintain and sustain and grow. And this fourth C is what I call the collaborative economy. It's all these three working together, understanding. So, Hugh, you were kind enough to share with me this idea of a number of Methodist churches in Virginia, correct? Mm-hmm collaboration amongst one or two or three or four or a number of these can oftentimes yield a greater amount than just being on their own. So when you literally collaborate 200, 500, 1,000, 10,000 people who are now consciously shopping, again, using Delighted, doesn't cost you any money to do it, it may take you a few extra seconds to say, okay, give me $200 of, uh, or $300 and going on Southwest Airlines. I'm going to buy through Delighted. It comes here. It takes all of 38 seconds, but I had to do that extra step. But now, because of that, $15 just went to help out a mission of these kids to go someplace. Think of collaborating 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 people with that mindset. These four Cs now become powerful, a lever. Now let's go back to Barry Shaw. I want to tell you a story about my recovery that may illustrate some of this. May I do that? Yes, sir. Then I want to hear from Mr. Russell. Go for it. You, you, you keep talking, then we'll, hear, then we'll hear from Russell. Okay. Let me tell you, everybody here, a story. You all like stories, and I'm, like, I'm enjoying telling you stories. Hugh, I got to thank you again. I am loving this. Russell, I hope you're loving this also. And I hope all the people listening are loving this because, again, it's my wife that is the, the backbone here. But it's the good Lord that gave me the energy and the ability for me to be able to express my, my thanks for be allowing me to be of benefit. As I say, mentioned to you, Hugh, uh, before, Everybody thinks they know what WWW stands for. Right, Russell? You think yeah. you know. WWW stands for What a Wonderful World. That's your acronym. And we do that ASAP, which stands for Always Say a Prayer. So watch this one, kids. 
Remember, I'm a quadriplegic for years. Now, again, a quad is somebody who is paralyzed from the neck down. As my doctor said so eloquently, sure, all you could do is move your mouth. Yeah. But you're still moving. <laughs> so watch this. In the course of healing, the good Lord sent me an amazing person who happened to be a neighbor on my street who saw me out of the wheelchair one day, ran over and said, okay, what happened to you, Barry? I know I heard something going on. So I told him what was going on. He said, I'm going to have you up and walking in a year. Hmm. That's right. That's what I said. Okay, fine, great. <laughs> Why? Because he is one of the leading people in the world of aquatic therapy. So as you can hear, aquatic therapy means you put somebody in the pool and you move them around, you get their muscles moving, and you get better response in the water. Now, for me, it's very important because when they were trying to get me up on my feet, oftentimes, unfortunately, I would fall down. And when you fall down because of gravity on pavement or on the earth, it hurts. I've even sprained and broken bones because of it in therapy. So I was very open to this aquatic therapy. Gets me in the pool and works with me over the course of months. Literally, when they had me in the pool the first time, I had three people working with me, floaties on my legs, floaties on my tummy, floaties on my arms so I wouldn't sink and drown. I'm going to fast forward now. Over the course of a number of months, got me to the point where with floaties on my legs and floaties on my belly, I was able to be on my back and move my arms over my head in the water that I was simulating a backstroke. Now I'm going to make the story a bit shorter because I can go on as you heard. But over the course of a year, I was able, you ready for this, Hugh? I was able to swim at the end of the year one mile on my back without stopping. It took me over two hours to do that. But hey, I'm in Southern California. I'm swimming outdoors. I have a great tan, don't I, Russell? And I'm in the warm pool. It's 80 plus degrees, so why not? And I'm moving my arms. Now for a quad, that's big time stuff, kids. Okay. Now I'm going to make the story a little bit more amazing. But suffice it to say, within the next year, after I had already swum more than 75 miles, I was able to get on my tummy and still with floaties on my legs, otherwise they just sink. And I had paddles on my hands because as you see my hands, my fingers don't close. So I have to wear paddles, otherwise the water goes right through and I can't move. And I wear a snorkel, I, wear, I use a snorkel because I can't move my head enough to breathe in. And I said, well, fine, okay. We have a snorkel, we have paddles, got floaties on my legs, and I'm outdoors in a warm pool in Southern California. I'm on my tummy, and I learned how to swim on what they call a crawl, I guess. Over the course of time, I was able to swim a mile on my belly. So I could swim a mile on my back, a mile on my belly, and then I put them together, and I was swimming... Hold on to your seats, everybody. Two, ah, can you get that finger up there? Two miles a day, six 
days a week, and I've been doing that for almost nine years. That's an amazing story, Barry. I'm going to let Russell comment a few, and I want to work heading to the last part of our interview. And uh, anybody out there who thinks they have an excuse probably thinks by now they don't really have an excuse. You had really insurmountable odds. And I want to learn a little more about Delighted and how people could benefit for the charity they represent. But Russell's been patient. He had a few technical problems, so he didn't get in the beginning, but he was listening on Facebook because I saw him. So, Russell, uh, howdy. Greetings. Good to see you again, young Mr. Shore. It's, it's been a long time, and what a remarkable story. And I love the platform. I mean, it just doesn't... Let me just give you an idea of some of the people who are out here. He mentioned a few. Amazon, AMC, Airbnb, Groupon, Southwest Airlines, Xbox, Regal Cinemas, GameStop, Starbucks, Under Armour, Target. These are just a few. And what do they give back? Amazon gives 1%. AMC, 5%. Home Depot, 2.5%. You can see exactly what these people are giving to the charity. Now, this is one, two, three, and this is what Barry was talking about. Make it easy. Where do you shop? Where do you want to shop? You can buy your stuff online. Sign up. Sign it. Create an account. One. Pick some. Pick a card, any card. And this is not a trick. Pick a card, any card. Pick your cards. Then step three, type in who you want to support. It's that quick and that easy. You type them in. That card's locked in. When you run that card, you're supporting that charity. And who can you support? Anybody who's got a listing. There's a Cinevision landing page in here. Oh, there is. I didn't know that. How did you find that? Ah, you must go in and play as you set up your account. (laughs) (laughs) But it's in here. It is so easy. This is very intuitive, this site. It's very intuitive. It's very easy to use. Uh, You can do this in a matter of minutes. Within three minutes, you're making a donation to your charity. So you you go to the home page, you you click on start giving. And then, uh, you know, so there's a place to create an account. Wow. Wow. So you can either sign in or create a new account. And uh, there I am. I'm just going to drop my name in here right now. I can do that right here now. There's my name, email address, create a password. Oh, I better got fat fingers going here today, guys. <laughs> create an account. What do you mean today? <laughs> I've got fat fingers every day. That's why I have a fat finger tool, which is not on my desk. <laughs> I now have a delighted account. Verify my email address. It's going to send me an email address. I can go in here now. Amazon.com is, is my poison. Trust me, I collect books a hell of a lot faster than I read them. And uh, it's that easy. So I think it would take a total 
go in there and verify when that uh, email comes back. But it would take a grand total of three minutes to create an account, pick a card, and pick somebody to support. And this is, once you've done that, once you've set it up, your card is there. So whether you're shopping from your phone, I've still got friends, I've got friends that have flip phones. I'm working on them, Barry. <laughs> I'm working on them. <laughs> Once I can, them, I can get them signed up, you know. <laughs> Hugh doesn't have a flip phone. I want to I wanna say out loud now that Hugh's not one of my flip phones here. <laughs> Despite my mental condition. Oh God, we didn't make it. We almost <laughs> made it through broadcast without that whole so Eight. Russell, Russell, I'm sorry, it was a cheap shot. Um, um, you work with uh, nonprofits everywhere, and many of them struggle to put some funding streams into place. And part of what we teach at CenterVision is there are eight, eight different ways to create revenue streams. And this one we group under earned income or business income. It's, it's uh, affiliate fees because we we recommend or tie to or help people find products that they would buy anyway. And a portion of that goes to the charity. Um, so what do you hear? And I mean, Bernie, uh, Barry's story is, sorry, Barry, Barry's story is, is quite remarkable that he did not give up, but he took adversity and reframed it into a benefit for a whole lot of people. And that, that's quite a compelling story. So coming from your position of helping charities think about their funding options. What do you see in here is, is a benefit for all those nonprofits, churches, synagogues that are struggling? Well, you know, I got to tell you, easy is good because a lot of these folks are wearing six or seven hats because you have a few of them. They don't have the revenues. They don't have the support structure. So what you need is something. This is collaborative. You get people on your team. Uh, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. This is a high-powered platform that's been around for a while. It's getting better all the time. And it's, it's mobile-friendly. It renders beautifully on my iPad. You have to render beautifully on any mobile device because more giving online is happening from these mobile devices. So anytime you can put a platform together that combines online giving, so a charity could very easily share this site and just leverage this. This is, this is something that they can earn revenue through. It, it's, it's very simple. It's very easy. Everything is set up. It's just about driving traffic, which is telling as many of their supporters about it as they possibly can. And this is this is powerful revenue. It's it's passive, but yet people are coming in, and any and every way that you can find to, to support yourself, you should be driving people to that platform. And this is stuff they buy all the time, and they're going to buy it whether they're supporting you or not. So they need to know that platforms like this are in place to leverage this. Because people are just shopping. You set it up. Once you set it up, you pick your charity. You can pick several. But once you pick, you're done. You've got it. And every time they go there, they're just buying. They don't even have to think about this. 
they get full dollar value for what they purchase, yet the charity gets a certain percentage depending on the merchant. So it's just getting people to take an extra step. This is something they're doing all the time. It's not onerous to the to the person. So and now that you signed up, Russell, you're going to select Center Vision Leadership Foundation as your cause, right? <laughs> you and Russell, may I, let me jump in here for a moment because I want to catapult from where Russell made some remarkably beautiful points. Uh, <laughs> one of the, uh, the famous study that was done of what people fear most, you remember that study, you know, number three was fear of dying. Number <laughs> number one is speaking in public. Remember that, Russell? You heard that public one. speaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, number two is asking other people for money. So what, I'm going to show you what you just said, something that was so genius. So what Hugh was, what Russell was saying, Hugh, was so amazing, and then he, he gets it right away. The real beauty and benefit of Delighted, in addition to the fact that you're giving and you're doing it anyway, is watch this. You can share it. You know why, Russell? Because watch this. I sit on a board. I need to raise $1,000. So I call up my friends. I say, I call up Russell. Hey, right. Russell, we do business together. You're a friend. You love me. I got, can I put you down for 250 Even if he says yes, which he probably wouldn't today, but if he says yes, as sure as we're sitting here, Hugh, in six months, I'm going to get a call from Russell. Hey, Barry, I got to raise money. Blah, 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 blah. I need your help. Can I put you down for 250 and what am I going to do? I'm a jerk. I'm going to say, no, I just, he just gave me 250 So I might as well have just written the check myself. Watch what happens with Delighted. You can now share this with everybody in your social world because you're never asking anybody for a penny, Russell. Is that right? This is correct. I don't fear it anymore because I'm not asking you for money. Go and do this. Now watch this, Hugh. Here's where it gets really amazing. So you have these Methodist churches in Virginia, and you got Hugh, you got Russell in Denver, and you got um, I don't know Lola who lives up in Alaska. Anybody anywhere in the United States can now support an organization using Delighted. So whether you live in Alaska, Hawaii, Florida, anywhere, you can be supporting this little place here in um, in Bend, Indiana, or in Denver. So now it spreads anybody, anywhere, anytime, right? And you're never asking anybody for money. So you share, share, share. Everybody has 300 people they talk to. So you get a church of 1,000 people. You now can be talking to tens of thousands saying, hey, you can help us. And it won't cost you a penny. Russell. And they're writing a check without writing a check because they buy this stuff anyway. Right. If you spend $500 on Amazon, you'll Which you do. Bucks, you know, you're going to give us money. Just go here. You'll get every penny that you invest in that car. In a way. $50 on Amazon will be $50 that you get to spend, but you'll still be sending uh, $2.50. How about how? Oh, by the way, Russell, Hugh, watch this one. You just gave me an idea. So we have mm -hmm. Mother's Day coming up soon, and then Father's Day, and then people have birthday. Now, when you do your gift giving, because a lot of people now send, you know, hey, here's fifty dollars of uh, Macy's or whatever it is, right? When you send it now through Delighted, not only are you giving the gift, 
but you just made a contribution. So think of, think of mom. Hey, I just gave mom $100 of Macy's, but I just gave $5 to the church doing it. So mom would love that because I gave her something, and mom would also be proud of me because I just gave money. So you ready for this, Russell? I'm ready. We, we touch the two deepest emotions in a human being. I'm smart and I'm good. And how much smarter can you be than to do good? It doesn't cost you anything. So Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, anniversaries, holiday time. It's, it's all part of flow. As you said, Russell, just taking that extra step. And once you get into the habit, the habit of doing good, you become a hog. I'm a habit of good. <laughs> That's amazing. You can build the campaign calendar around this using just about anything. So and people can do stuff all year round. So Russell, it's it's sort of like um, we are we're we're moving to a place where we're not going to leave the money on the table because if we don't access and redirect this money to the charity, it doesn't go anywhere. It goes to the company. So there's there's that money that's that's really, I think it's part of their marketing budget. They redirect part of their marketing budget to people. That's right. That that. Um, directed the sales to there. So Barry, we're on the wrap up of this really inspirational interview. So I want to make sure that people understand that I invite you here to tell your story of how leaders do not accept challenges as failure. The leaders can no leaders succeed because they get up one more time than they fell down. Leaders succeed because they are purpose driven and see failure is not an option. It's not an option. Success is an option. But what you've created here, this is your creation and it's something you've done because you care about leaving a legacy, building goodness in the world and helping other people generate revenue. And so we're, we're going to be talking, uh, we're starting to talk, we're going to continue to talk about ways that Center Vision can help you spread the, spread the message. But you're very good and compelling storyteller. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about, um, give a sponsor presentation here for a minute. Then we're going to come back and let you have the closing thought. And thinking about leaders, there's people out there that are on the verge of giving up. There are people that feel like they're so overloaded, they're never going to succeed. There are people out there that don't see the daylight when it's really there. So as, as a parting parting couple of minutes. I'm going to give you the last two minutes to give people a thought or a tip or a challenge as they go forward. But let me, we have these free resources available for nonprofit leaders because we have some really, really good sponsors. And our sponsor for this uh, episode of the Nonprofit Exchange is a company called Word Sprint. It's like Sprint, fast, but Word Sprint doesn't do it fast. They do it promptly and they do it right and they connect with your customer. Word Sprint is a, is a printing company. They have a mailing house, but it's really top of mind marketing. And their sweet spot is helping your donors remain at the level of donation that they started and maybe increasing it because they understand that the message is important the person, the right person is important. And there's a rhythm of staying in touch with them, letting them know what's happening with their donation money. And so Bill, Bill Gilmer and his team 
really good team, copywriters, designers. They have a really good mailing house. They have a good printing house. So you deliver your message to your tribe. So your tribe stays connected and actually knows what to share with other people. Wordsprint.com. Get a free consultation. Bill spoke at the one month ago in Lynchburg at the uh, Center Vision Leadership Foundation's uh, Leadership Empowerment Symposium. And he was one of the favored speakers because he gave people tools to help the donors remember you because you're telling them how valuable their money has been in, in your work. So don't forget to tell your donors thank you, but also let them know the impact their dollars have provided. Wordsprint.com. We use them. They print our magazine. They do mailings for us. It's a wildly successful strategy. I suggest you try it. So Barry, back up to the, we've, we've uh, spent an hour tearing, telling the story. It's just seemed like two minutes to me. Um, let's, uh, let's, we're almost ended, ended up here. So last two minutes or years, uh, what would you want to share with people as a parting thought or comment or challenge? Thank you again, Hugh and Russell, for the opportunity to address the tribe, these amazing people who are making a difference. Go mad, everybody. Go make a difference. If I have to leave you with two things, here, are they, here they are. The first is the four Ps. Purpose, prayer, perseverance, and patience. And as I mentioned to you, I swim two miles a day, six days a week. I've accumulated enough miles at the moment to swim from Los Angeles, California to Hawaii. From Hawaii to Taiwan, and from Taiwan to Shanghai, China, more than 6,578 miles, and I'm not stopping. Never give in. Never give in. Never give in. Thank you. Barry Shore, you're an inspiration. Russell, thanks, as always, for being here. Thank you. Good to see you again, Barry, and uh, I'll be doing my shopping. I'm delighted. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>